When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. A very good morning to our next guest, educator and mentor, Mary Willow. Good morning. Good morning, Catherine. Let's pick up on that. We're going to talk about why kids need downtime, mm. and it dovetails nicely. And yes. you were nodding away as I was talking about that, because... The confusing thing is that we're not just talking about gadgets and robots, and we're talking about a cog- the development of a cognitive s- skill in children, and particularly a type of problem solving, solving, which is you try this and then you get to this, and then what do you try next? Um, I understand that they they already do it basically with physical toys like log- like Lego, for example. But when do you try and teach? It? <laughs> and how young? I mean, how are you perceiving what you're seeing from yesterday? Good morning. Right, good morning. So, we've got to start with two really clear things. Number one is, we're building a brain. And there's not just one brain in there. The intellectual brain, the logical brain, is only one of the brains. There's also the emotional brain, which is the social brain. The brain that learns to reach out and connect to the world and be able to respond to others and collaborate. And we're also talking about the body brain, the body brain that meets the world physically and digests what it meets. All right. Now, children have an unstoppable urge to go get the world. We need to talk about how we meet that. The first thing I want to say most importantly about the technology is I've got a little saying about this. We need to first grow the child to become the user of the tool, grow a whole human being to become the user of the tool, to be able to think outside of the box as they use the tool. If we grow the child according to the tool, we actually narrow the growth of the child down to the parameters of the tool. If we put the tool to one side at the moment and talk about the cognitive skill that you need in order to think in the way you either want to make a computer operate or the way you know that your future employer is going to want you to problem solve, are you starting that at five? I mean, here's here's, here's the contradictory thing. Play is how children learn. Second... We want creativity to be their predominant competency coming out of the school system. Can the creativity be put next to the problem-solving block? You know, I come up against a problem and then I resolve it this way. And if so, at what age of their development are those two things going to work together instead of against each other? Yeah, exactly. So... At first, the child is learning through physically experimenting, exploring the world, and there is this non-verbal conversation going on with the world all the time during the early years. At around about five, the thinking is just really birthing itself. And you know what it has to do at first? It has to play. The thinking has to play and experiment. And the best way to do that is by moving. We've got something really interesting here because we've got the brain research, which is more and more saying, hey, wait a minute, everybody, we're beginning to notice this connection 
that when children interact with the real world, then they build their brains in the right sequence towards the eventual logic. But if they're not in the real world, they're skipping over those basic steps. Even if you leave, let's say your technology is Lego or something else that's not a gadget, because people are paranoid about gadgets. Um, But if you are using um, a physical block to help do the problem solving. Again, would you be introducing it at five? Are you just leaving them at five? If they want to play with the Lego, they'll work out themselves that if I hit this wall, I have to do this this way. That's right. If you watch the play of the young children, of the, even the five-year-olds, what they're doing is they're metamorphosing all the time. Everything they're doing, they're transforming it, transforming it, transforming it. If we start to take them down that logical path too early, we're missing out on all that diversity. You know, the great irony is, and Lego's a brilliant example, or pick your whatever, um, you know, Minecraft, and actually some of the online stuff is, is another thing again. They're, they're already kind of doing it. They're already... That's seeing right. cause doing and it. effect. Absolutely. They're already seeing if I don't try to do this, yep. uh, or if I do try to do yep. this, it'll have this impact. Yes, so, they're always going, oh, look, look what yeah. result I got there. How do I adapt to that? What do I do next? Now, you see, if they're going into the technology too early, they are missing yeah. out on critical time. This brings us back to the national standards argument again, doesn't it? And whether you want to put a word on it or whether you just want to talk about too much assessment, Again, are you pushing against someone just, I'll try this and that doesn't work, so therefore I'll try this, and this is where I want to get to, when you're measuring stuff, you know, because now you're six and it's this time of year. They're almost in conflict, aren't they? That's exactly it. There's a, the, we, first of all, we are all experiencing a panic. We're experiencing panic about the climate change. We're experiencing political panic. And we're experiencing panic about this digital tsunami that's coming. We need to grow a human being who is able to be fully integrated, to be able to meet that with calm and clarity, and to be able to think how to use it. Otherwise, we're going to be overwhelmed by it. And this is what I wanted to talk about today. I'm coming is, in. I promise I'm coming Yes. In. Um, I've, got, I've got one final point though. There's no harm is there, and I saw some robots and stuff on telly last night, on, on the images last night. As long as we don't overpack this curriculum. Exactly, it's the overpack. As long as we don't overpack it, as long as we don't start getting ahead of where children naturally explore, and this might be a chance to open up a bit more natural exploration, but teachers will tell you how how can I when I've got to account for this, 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 and this. It could actually work to the positive. And there's no harm if, you know, playing with the this or the that or seeing how this works. I mean, that's just good kind of... They're, they're experimenting, they're exploring, but... We seem to have this idea that if they're not doing it with the actual machine, then they're not building those skills. When they are out in nature or when they are playing together or even when they're with a teacher and learning about something and exploring it, they're already building those skills. They're building their way towards that logic. But the five-year-old has not yet properly birthed their logical brain. And the five-year-old also gets tired sometimes by very tired why do they get tired because they're not ready for that logical they need to play with their newborn thinking and experiment let's talk about the downtime I, yep. I, yeah I, I actually in some ways this correct this this new curriculum may liberate us from some of Absolutely. the pros- proscription yep. 
what they're saying. That, ha- that, has been, that has been going on. So who knows? It, it may all work to the good, but there's no doubt there's a lot of stuff now in that career. And the stuff that we want them to need, we want them doing it, we want them appreciating the environment, we want them playing. Yes. We want them being physical. Yes. And, and that, plus we want them getting this and this on the national yeah. standards for this and this. So yeah. how are we going to fit all this in? Okay. You tell me. <laughs> well, let me tell you, the first thing that we need to understand is this, is that we're still working on a kind of bucket theory of education, where we stuff as much as we can into the bucket, and the more we get in there by the time they leave school, the better a human being they're going to be. What we need to understand is that we're building a child to be able to meet the world. Now, I want to give people an idea here. Meeting is exactly the same as eating. So when we take in food, if we're eating all the time with no break and we're stuffing in more and more and more, what do we get? We eventually get indigestion. We eventually become unbalanced and unwell. Now, there's some very interesting steps here that we mustn't miss. When we eat, we have to take it in. We have to break it down. We have to digest it. We absorb what we need. We eliminate what we don't need. But there's even one more step then we empty out and clear and create a hunger, which has almost become a dirty word. We're terrified that they'd be thirsty for a minute or hungry for a minute. We need that hunger. That's the appetite. That's, that means the last bit got fully digested and now they're really ready to meet something new. Now, if we don't allow for that in the meeting of the world so that they have an experience and then they have the opportunity to have some downtime to digest and absorb that experience and then develop a space for There's something no new. You just, you just get tired. You're and just it creates out. a yeah. log jam, a let, log jam, and then you are blocked and closed. Let me give you another couple of analogies on that one actually another one um, athletes would recognize yeah which is that you extend yourself whether you are pushing yourself for your aerobic fitness or yep. whether you're pushing yourself to develop muscle or whatever yep. uh, you push yourself but the actual adaptation in other words the muscle getting stronger or the heart getting stronger happens during the rest exactly. between the exertion. You right? are right on the nail. This is exactly the point. We, we are beginning to realise the connections. We're looking at our planet and we're realising that it is like a body. And if we push it hard and fast, we weaken well, it. If you push it constantly. Yeah, as, without as the, the breaks. And there's another one. I mean, we, we all know from swatting for exams that, again... You reach a point where no more will go in, and it's going and having the break, right. going and having the walk, going. That's I used right. to nap during study because yep. I was a terrible crammer. Yep. I'd go and have a nap, and I'd, yep. I'd nap, and I could actually, I could actually feel my brain organising it all. The research shows that's what it's works. When you rest, so how does this apply to kids and and, and at various ages? As, as because what is what is downtime? And we're going to get back to those damn gadgets again. Um, remember the moral panic over television, yep. you know, and we would come in sometimes after school, I don't know, in the 70s and sit down and just blob down in front of something and, yep. you know, you're watching too much television. I wasn't watching too much television. I was just, rela- I was just doing nothing and relaxing. Yep. Too much of that obviously is not great. Yep. When it comes to those darn gadgets, can they be a part of downtime depending on how you're using them? What we have to understand with the gadgets is that you're switching off the sensory motor system. You want people physically engaged, don't you? Yes. True rest is where you are having an interaction with your sensory motor system. If we disconnect the sensory motor system from the brain, 
Were you talking the physical? Because like if I'm doing a crossword, I suppose I'm moving my fingers, but so so are you on a gadget. What I'm essentially doing is doing something but doing nothing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And you could argue there are some gadget activities that are, that are like that. Well, um, but the, the, some of the latest research is showing that when we're doing absolutely nothing, staring out a window, yeah. that is when our brain is the most active. It's at last got a chance to digest and work things through. Right. So how do you, as the parent uh, or the caregiver, uh, try and encourage that? Because it's... You can't, exactly. you can't control another little being, can you? <laughs> well, you can, you can sculpt time. You can create rhythm. You can say, this is the time for this, and this is the time right. for not this. This is a time to rest. But we've, we've got to understand they're learning through imitation. So we, we can't you say, you guys lie down and have a rest because yeah, I've yeah, got yeah. millions of things to do while you rest. Yeah. They're not going to rest. And if you've we got, if you've got the phone to... at the table or in front of exactly. the telly or outside, yep. you are modelling always yep. on, aren't yep. you? You are modelling yep. always on. Yep. Um, what's the paddock and fence analogy about? Right. So I talk to people about that we've got a, a delicious, amazing paddock of childhood, of freedom, where they're supposed to explore, they're supposed to be curious, and they're supposed to push on you. That's what they're supposed to do, like a plant that pushes up through the ground. If we grow a plant without that resistance, it doesn't become a strong plant. So um, with the idea of the paddock is that we are saying to the children, Hold it right there, kids. Be here now. Be in this stage of development. Ripen up this stage of development. And around that paddock, we've got a fence that says, whoa, hold on. I know you have this unstoppable urge to go get the world, but you need to be able to have an experience and then breathe out and digest and then go back for some more experience and then come into here and be able to breathe out. And that's when we reflect. That's when we consider. That's when we digest the whole thing. If we are going to race into the digital age without that, we are going to be in trouble. Does this mean no gadgets time uh, is just agreed and it might be negotiated? A- absolutely. And um, I, I think that we need to understand that the parents are responsible for this child. It's us that need to make the decisions. And I can only say these gadgets are a powerful instant gratification. When you create something with 3D technology, you go from the idea... Yes, great, the Mm. mind's working, and then you push a button and it gets made for you. You have not created something out of nothing with your own hands, with your own emotions, with your own relating to other people. Yes, I know that's going to come. We see these lovely pictures of the children looking at the robot together, but are we really educating all three systems? So no gadgets, time is negotiated. Um... Is there also, you're very much into the physical connection, is there also, it's just got to be planned, that whatever the whinging, whatever the whatever, we're sometimes actually going to a place to physically experience it. We're going to a beach, we're going to a park, we're going up to Zelandia or whatever your local equivalent is. Um, And physically ensuring we are in a place that is not urban concrete indoors. Absolutely. And the first and first and golden rule with the technology for the families is this. Tell the children right from day day 1, no matter how you got that, whether your grandparent gave it to, to you, whether you earned it from a from a paper run whatever, 
whether you got it as a birthday present, all the technology in the house belongs to the parents and it is freedom with conditions. You have the technology on the conditions that there are other things that are important. It's not just the, we're talking a lot about the, the, the gadgets, and it's, it's not just about them also. It is about really busy lifestyles. It's it about is. people working multiple jobs. It's it about um, uh, households, and particularly while they get, they get to a stage where kids are at different ages and someone's off to after-school activities and someone else, well, everyone's off to after-school activities or, or, or whatever. So it's about physically, as we said, or, or, or practically building in that time hard as it is because otherwise no one's getting any downtime potentially and, and the best way to avoid the conflicts is to create a set rhythm and then you can say it's it's dinner time now it's walk in the bush time now it's run outside and play and find something to do now you know is there also I, 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 I see this work because because people are so busy and, and the other thing is you end up guilting people who simply are just going Yep, flat, flat state, out. You know, yep. uh, and it's under like, uh, huge pressure. Okay, so this is where networks come into play, right? Yep. And this is yep. where those who have them and have um, can can share that load, or a bunch of kids can go around to one house. Um, yep. uh, that can make a big difference. It can be a solution to the challenge of trying to find time, is to hook up with other people who are really time poor, yep. and say, you know, who's in charge of this crowd? Yep. Gadget free outdoors for yep. this time. And if we understand the basic principle that these children need to breathe out, that they need their downtime, that they need to play, that they need to digest, then we can think outside of the box and create the solutions. But I want to challenge everybody to really think about whether they have to fasten their seatbelts and go on this very fast ride. What are the three okay. areas again? What were the th you were telling me earlier? What the three? Some other bit of paper. That's so physical. Go ahead. Yep. So in the early years, we're building the body. We meet the world through the body. We go up to another child. We knock them over. We get a result that teaches us something about. Hey, I need to put on the brakes and actually take a look at what I'm meeting in front of me. Then in the middle years, we're building that into the next stage which is to learn how to relate how to socially build something together how to be up on the deck of the ship together and learn to be a crew and run that ship together and figure out how the world works but at the same time be able to relate to others it's in the teenage years that you really get that birthing of the logical mind and it's pure, strong, critical, analytical, scientific thinking. That's when it's the strongest. Your line is the children are supposed to push, we're supposed to hold. But there's one other thing that occurs to me, just going back to the technology uh, thing again. You know, if you just let them lead in the creativity and the exploration instead of trying to proscribe, now we're doing this, now we're doing that, now we're doing the next thing... We'll get the best of both worlds, actually, won't we? Yep. We'll get some liberated, creative, yep. child-led learning yes. at the same time as building the exact skills that we believe they're going to need. Yes, that's right. That's going to be your paddock and your fence. That's going to be the challenge for that new curriculum. Yep. Thank you very much, Mary Willow, of uh, the founder of Plum Parenting. Thank you. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues 
your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. 